things, early career recruitment, the strategies to help you succeed. We'll help you work with Generation Z with all the information that you'll need. It's the Jack and Ollie Show. Hello and welcome to the Early Careers Podcast with me, Ollie Sidwell. And me, Jack Denton. So before this um, podcast, we thought we'd have a little chat first and just give you an update on what we've been up to. It's been a busy year, hasn't it? Busy year indeed, Jack. So what, did, what's going on? When did we start? started <laughs> summer 2018. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's been really interesting. We've covered a whole bunch of different topics. So what have we looked at? We've looked at digital marketing, innovation and tech, psychometrics. Um, rejects and renegs. Uh, the rise of the zombie jobs with... Paul Redmond, that was that was interesting. Yeah, very yeah, very interesting one. And you know, totally changed for what the future of the world might be. And we also looked at the ethnic pay gap. Yeah, and storytelling with Steve Keith. Exactly. So we've covered a whole variety of different subjects. And going to 2019, we are going to be following a few different formats for the, the podcast that we'll be doing this show. So they'll be into three different groups. So we're going to be running master classes. So they're the type of thing like we did with Paul with digital marketing, where we get an expert in to talk specifically about a particular area, and they can give you practical tips and advice that you can use in your everyday. We're also going to be doing a Talking Heads series, where we get together heads from particular organisations to talk in an overview of, of areas and how that might affect the overall market. Yeah, and then I guess the final section would be sort of conversations with so inviting uh, experts in and having a, basically a conversation about a certain topic or a subject, something probably that's been on trend. So the rejects and renegs we did with yeah. uh, Thomas and Tristram from the ISC, uh, I guess that was very much about uh, the fact that re rejections and renegs have been such a big thing over the last probably couple of years in early careers. So I think that's been a big part of the ISC surveys and it's a big challenge that I think a lot of people are going to try and address. Absolutely. So I think the, the conversation format I think was really nice that we had a lot of people in this quite small little room, but <laughs> just it was tiny. It was small, but it works. It's nice. And then finally, just wanted to say a huge thank you to everybody who has been on the podcast. Um, we are very grateful for that, and we've looked at a lot of interesting topics. And we'd also like to say a mega thank you to everybody who's listened. So thank you very much. Yeah, thank you to to you all. Um, if you do any, know anyone, I guess, in early careers that you think could benefit from uh, listening to the podcast, then do pass on the pod. Uh, yeah, do share it with a friend. Uh, we're really grateful for everyone's support and everyone's kind words uh, we've had so far. It's been uh, great fun kind of doing it. So we're looking forward to doing uh, more in 2019. Now it's time for the next show. But <laughs> <laughs> not say. For all things early career recruitment, the strategies to help you succeed, we'll help you work with Generation Z, with all the information that you'll need, it's the Jack and Ollie Show. Okay. Okay, Solid Red is, we are good to go. Okay. okay. Hello everybody and welcome to the Jack and Ollie Show. I'm Jack Denton. And I'm Ollie Sidwell. And today we are with Adam Gretton. Say hi, Adam. Hi, everyone. Hello. So today um, we've got Adam Gretton here, the account director and a video interviewing expert from Sonru. He's also the diversity and inclusion champion at Sonru, and he spent the last decade working in and around video content. True. 
and today we're going to be talking about video interviewing, what it is, how it works, and how early careers teams might be able to utilize that. But before we jump into that, perhaps you could um, give us a bit of a um, a bit of an update on your background and yep. how you've ended up where you are today. Yeah, of course. Well, thanks for having me along. Um, so I feel a bit old, but I've actually been in the recruitment sector for 20 years now. 20 years, um, So a few grey hairs starting to show, you know, the industry does take its toll. Um, but yeah, as you said, the last 10 years I've been working in the video um, recruitment space. So mm -hmm. I joined Career Player in 2010, and that was a, um, a video-based channel for, for careers information. Mm -hmm. And we did video production. So a lot of work in the early careers space. Um, and then this phenomenon of video interviewing, people using software to interview people remotely, um, started to um, become more and more popular. Um, and I got to know Sonru to join them just over four years ago now. So when, when did video interviewing start to become popular? Yeah, well, I mean, we launched in 2007, but we were the first to launch in, in Europe. Um, and that was pretty early. Um, mm -hmm. You know, we in, in the early days, it was it was a challenge because not everyone had webcams, not everyone had great broadband. Most companies weren't ready for this kind of um, change, um, but it got there um, eventually. And, and it's interesting, actually, if you look at the ISE data and before that, the AGR, mm -hmm. um, it's been really interesting to see the, the, uh, the, the usage track from, I think, 2012. Um, was about 6% of AGR members, and now it's 57%. So it's been quite interesting to see yeah, that. It's a huge jump, isn't it? Yeah. Well, yeah. it's like so 10 times more popular than, uh, over that period of time. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Well, well then, well, I think we'll come on to kind of why that is, but I guess for listeners that may or may not be using video interviewing, maybe that last 43% or anyone else that uh, also trying to work out how it, how it works, and certainly I think for university professionals too that may have to advise their, their candidates and students uh, on this you know, wh what are they well, how, do, how do they work what's the concept let's just make everyone on the same page yeah sure well we're stripping it back to basics there are two main types of video interviews so there's live video interview which you could use skype or google hangouts or any kind of web conferencing or indeed you know a solution like sonru um, has um, live video interviewing but generally what what people are talking about when they're talking about video interviews in recruitment mm -hmm. is what we call asynchronous video interviews asynchronous asynchronous hey yeah. <laughs> what um i had to google that when i joined it is a real word and it, it basically means not synchronized so you're not going to be online the recruiter is not going to be online at the same time as the candidate so rather than setting a deadline sorry rather than setting a specific time for the interview you're actually setting a deadline right preset questions candidate logs on when they're ready um, can complete it whenever they like questions appear on the screen and they then record their answers to the webcam and so how do companies use them do they use that for the final interviews that would be typically how it's used no typically um, you know every client's different but what we see mainly is clients using this for the first interview right so very often we're replacing the telephone interview or possibly replacing a first round face-to-face -face interview um, or we could even be put in as an additional step um, but the typical process would be candidate applies online Mm -hmm. um, some kind of screen, whether that's manual or automated, yeah. possibly some online testing, then the video interview, 
and then the best candidates would then be invited to some kind of face-to-face -face setting whether that's an assessment center or you know one-on-one -on -one interview right so it kind of sits partly between a partial screen and also the first parts of the assessment of the of the individual yeah you know and different clients uh, are assessing different things you know for some it's a very quick let's just see their personality are they can they communicate you know could i put these people in in a room with a client or a you know managing partner um, for others they're getting more sophisticated and thinking well actually i can test some technical skills in this interview you know i can test some industry knowledge i can test language so we're starting to see uh, a kind of broader range of things being assessed in in the video interview yeah nice and i guess from a from a candidate experience perspective how how what's the feedback from their side because obviously it's quite a new phenomenon so it's not as if it's synonymous across the, uh, how, how you do it i think what, what are they saying about the whole process do they, they find it useful being able to re-record answers or you know because i think putting your, your face on a screen and sharing that before yeah. you have a phone interview is could be quite intrusive maybe can you even do that can you re-record the can you re-record yeah. the answer oh yeah with, with some solutions you can with sonra you can't um actually um, out, yeah <laughs> no that's fine no no it's fine because it's an in it's an interesting point actually because i mean if you imagine candidates did have an opportunity to re-record their answer um you know they're, they're going to re-record and re-record and re-record and never be quite happy um with their answer which i might be uh, today with the podcast we'll see um but you know and then the client gets a really polished rehearsed answer and the candidate's kind of drawn out this process and, it, and what we're trying to do is replicate any other kind of interview, you know, yeah, where real life, yeah, effectively, yeah, they're going to be surprised with mm. the question, and they can answer that however they want, but that will then be assessed and, and scrutinised. Um, so, so yeah, so so, <laughs> so on, on that point, we don't. So, um, if you only get one take, I could imagine sometimes some of the videos could be relatively <laughs> humorous. Yeah, and, and I, have to, I have to be careful because we don't want to, um, you know, humiliate. Um, um, anyone but certainly clients no, do not. do give us some interesting anecdotes um yeah, so any good ones yeah i mean well i guess i could feedback some advice in terms of you know treating it so for candidates treat it as a face-to-face -face interview so dress the part so that's probably not going to include your mum's dressing gown um, <laughs> what you've had dressing gown. <laughs> <laughs> apparently that that has uh, that has happened um Excellent. you know don't have you know lots of animals in the background randomly kind of livestock and things like that might not be that <laughs> conducive to uh unless you're to an agricultural yeah. well yeah, exactly yeah yeah yeah, yeah. 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 Could, could add to it, couldn't you? yeah maybe they're outstanding in their field Ooh, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah you know but but in, in all seriousness i mean advice for candidates would be you know treat it like a real interview dress the parts and think about the company that you're applying to so i actually got this massively wrong when i um did my video interview for sonru right I went out, got a new tie, new shirt, did a big Windsor knot, um, and did my interview. And the MD said, "We're not Goldman Sachs. We're trying to be this cool tech company. Come on!" Yeah. So I was a bit worried. So you can overdo it as well as kind of underdo it. Is it not maybe a bit clinical though for somebody who's going through the process? You suddenly, you know, are told to go online or you know on your phone or wherever it might be, record this video and then have to do it. Is that not miss out part of the experience that you get when you go in and? go for an interview into an office and you speak to someone, see someone face to face. Yeah, and I think that's where the communications, the candidate communications, what the client chooses to communicate to the candidate is really key. And this is one of our 
main bits of advice for companies that are thinking about doing this or are doing it is you know really put yourself in the candidate's shoes and you know what we find is there's a really close correlation between when candidates feel informed and how satisfied they are right um so generally speaking satisfaction rates are really high um so on average 95 percent of candidates have said that they'd be willing to do another video interview mm-hmm. um and it varies from client to client because they use it in different ways but um you know if client if candidates understand why the company is using video interviews what's going to happen um the kind of things they're going to be looking for you know, and what's going to happen next, and also explain that there will be a face-to-face setting for the better candidates afterwards. You know, as long as candidates understand that, um, then then we find that they're much more engaged with that, and they're much more likely to actually do it, um, and also feel satisfied about it afterwards. Yeah. So it's the education piece throughout, to just to make just to make them almost feel at, at ease and comfortable. Yeah. That it's just part of the, a long process. Yeah. But we have to use it mainly for what you think volume. Just to really make sure we help them sort out their time and reduce their time. Yeah, exactly. And, and also, you know, and it's, it's not just another hoop to go through. It's not just about saving recruiter time. You know, it's really interesting, actually. We did a, some research into what our, why our clients use video interviewing. Um, and we've got a white paper on it. But there's essentially mm-hmm. two questions we asked. And it's quite interesting, actually. One of them was, so why did you make the investment in video interviews? Yeah. What was it? What, what were you hoping to achieve? Right. And then the second question is, what are you actually getting out of it now that you're using it? Okay, and what do people report? Yeah, it's interesting. So the why did you make the investment? The number one thing is reducing costs. Okay, so that is the main reason. This is an expensive process. Because it saves time? Yeah, so it saves time um, because there's no scheduling of interviews whatsoever. So you're reducing that admin burden. Um, you're also not chasing down candidates that are no longer interested. You know, if they haven't bothered to complete, then you've just got no recording to look at. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it also um, saves you having to write up interview notes. It's really easy to share with other people. So there's different ways that that saves costs. Um, but that was the main reason they made the investment. Really interestingly, though, the second most popular reason was the candidate experience. Right, okay. And I remember Sam Gordon when he was with the ISE mm-hmm. just over a year ago presenting the annual survey, and he was talking about this huge growth of video interviews. And, and he argued that the reason not to do candidate, uh, not to do video interviews, has become the reason to do it: the candidate experience. Right. You know, I think previously systems were more clunky. Yeah. Candidates didn't necessarily have a webcam. There were more likely to be problems. But, you know, the systems, you know, Sonra and everyone else are getting more sophisticated all the, all the time. Clients are getting more sophisticated. So it's actually becoming the reason to do. Do you think that's a misconception? Is that a common misconception you get from people who have not used it before, that it's going to be a poor candidate experience? Yeah. Um, you know, there's lots of systems out there, um, you know, and so candidates do sometimes have poor experiences. You right. know, clients maybe not using it in the best way or, you know, using a different system. Um, but yeah, so, so those are some of the reasons why clients made the investment in the first place. But what's really interesting is when we then say, okay, you've now been using it, what, what's the main benefit you're getting now? Yeah, right, yeah. The number one thing that comes out is better candidate assessment. Okay. So clients didn't necessarily expect that. They just thought, hang on, this is just going to save us time. It's going to make things easier for the candidate. But what they've realized is actually 
particularly if you're replacing a telephone interview, it's actually just a better assessment. Do we have any? Do you have any details or anecdotal evidence of what people are saying of what what makes it a better assessment? Yeah. So, um, so occupational psychologists would talk about predictive validity. So, okay. you know, they'd That's look at yeah. <laughs> they'd look at different bits of your process and say, what's the predictive validity of that? Is that a valid way to predict on the job performance? And if you get a predictive validity of one, that means it's perfect. So every time you use that, you know 100% that will be the perfect candidate. And obviously there is no assessment that's, oh. that's 100%. Not yet. No. <laughs> um, but but uh, phone interviews are 0.36. So it's about 36% accurate. So what you, you know, you've interviewed that candidate on the phone um, and you've made a judgment and 36% of the time that's yeah. correct. So it's not two great. thirds of the time. They're not great. Yeah. They're not great odds, um, <laughs> and I'm sure an occupational psychologist would explain this better than me. I'm probably massively oversimplifying this. Mm-hmm. Um, but video interviews. For me, um, you need pretty simple stuff. Yeah, that's what yeah. you need it. Yeah, exactly. I, I need it stripped back for lay- layman's, definitely. But um, And video interviews are 0.51. So it, it's been measured to be have a higher predictability. And then a- anecdotally, I think clients talk about being able to see the body language. You right. know, w- with a phone interview, you can only assess their verbal communication, and, and body language is a massive part of, mm. you know, hu- humans' ability to communicate. Um, you can see whether they can present themselves well. Uh, there's a variety of things, but um, it, it kind of boils down to clients inviting fewer better candidates f- to the next stage after the video yeah. interview. All right, that sounds good. <laughs> So you must have some um, different, whether it's industries or different roles where it must work especially well for, but then also maybe some industries where actually it must be really difficult to assess someone like that. Like you mentioned earlier, like the, the, the tech example, mm-hmm. and that actually surprised me that you think actually a video interview would be good for maybe tech, because actually what they produce often and what they create and code maybe uh, is actually better judged outside of a video, whereas... Something more so, for example, internally we uh, hire lots of campus ambassadors. Mm-hmm. Uh, you need to be quite outgoing and uh, be able to go up to people and talk. And yeah, um, I think that you, video interviewing is perfect for that because actually we want to see their personality, we want to see how they come across on screen because that's going to be how they come out yes. on campus. Yeah, so how do you see that playing across, across the I guess the, the wealth of all the different industries and roles that are available. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, I mean, so, some clients do use video interviewing across everything. Um, you know, some clients are being more selective. You know, and and there would be reasons not to do video interviewing. You know, I'm mm-hmm. you know, doing myself out of business here, but you know, let's let's be honest. You know, if you're trying to recruit a rare skill set candidate, you know, and they're, they're like hen's teeth, and there's only three of them in Europe. You know, and, and you surprise them with a video invite when all they need to do is have a chat with their headhunter, something yeah. like that. Then you know you're going to disengage them, so you need to do that very carefully. You know that we still do have clients using it with those niche professionals, but it has to be introduced very, very, very differently. Um, you know, and then we've got other clients. So, for example, we've got a construction client, so they're using this across uh, all of their intern, graduate, and apprentice hiring. Um, but not for things like scaffolding, um, bricklaying, because um, they feel the right. you know the demographic, their their kind of likely um, target audience for that are, mm-hmm. are going to be less 
likely to want to do that but also it is less relevant really they just need to get them in and do a skills test you right. know to see can they lay a brick yeah. um, you know can they put some scaffolding up safely whatever it is they need to um, test so you know there's going to be times when um, it's not appropriate but but we've got examples of clients using it you know one of the biggest telecoms firms you know that you, you know you'll see their engineers in in the street mm -hmm. they're using it for all of their apprentices mm -hmm. you know that can be a misconception that hang on school leavers apprentices you know these are not the kind of more corporate types that you have for the graduate schemes that they're, they're not going to be into this but actually that's, that's not what we've seen yeah also there's a very wide range of apprenticeships now that cover a, a, a very wide range of yeah. professions that might not have been the case 10 years ago yes. so I think that's yeah. also changed yeah, yeah I think we were chatting before we came on air we'll call it yeah, um, no, about actually the I forgot what I was going to say then. Oh, uh, we yeah, I think it was going to be a good one. That was going to be it was a really good one, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um, before we were chatting about actually students mm -hmm. and younger people being actually the, the best place to, to try out lots of new technology because right. they are, I guess, grown up more digitally and they understand it. Yeah. So actually, as being the early careers market is a great um, area to sort of incubate new technologies to yeah. then maybe take to a wider recruitment market. It's like an experimentation ground, isn't it, the early careers market? Whether that's for technology or we were talking earlier for diversity and inclusion, it's a way for you to get new things into your business and it's often the case. So mm. can you envisage seeing or is it the case that um, this is something that's just used in the early careers space or is it used more broadly? Well, I was really surprised when I joined in 2014, I assumed that the vast majority of business would be in the early career space. So I, was, I was really surprised. It's only 35% of the interviews that come through Sonru are in the early career space. So it's a really important slice for us. And, and what we find is that's very often the first place that companies will start using it. Mm -hmm. Like you say, there's more of a culture of piloting and testing new things out on you know, student recruitment um, because you know various different reasons, but it almost seems like a safer place to try things out mm. but then as you know as, as technology and different methods become more mainstream and standard and accepted mm -hmm. and I think once managers within the business see that you know a change to the recruitment process over here has made a huge difference then why can't they use it over here um, so so that and that's, that's very often the case and it's great for the graduate team because you know they're bringing in these innovations into the company, which then get adopted yeah. on a more wider basis. Yeah, I like it. Um, one of the, the previous podcasts we had, we were chatting to Claire from uh, JLL, very much around uh, diversity. Mm. So how does, and that's obviously a huge topic, certainly in the early career space, and has been for the last few years. And I think one thing we were chatting to, to Claire about was she was seeing her early careers programmes as being a great way to get diverse talent into her business and also lots of lots of others yeah so if we're harvesting this type of software in early careers and that then helps the, the students coming into to different businesses what happens from a diversity perspective how how do the video interviews work from from that side is, is there any any impact to that or you can see some probably initial um concerns right because, you know, things like unconscious bias. Mm. So if you're seeing mm. every single person, you can't mm. anonymise their, their names. You could anonymise their names, but you see what they look like. Yeah. yeah. So if you have an unconscious bias, you could potentially make the situation worse than it, than it, it was. Yeah, yeah, there's the potential for that to happen. And, and it's um, very often a question I'm asked all, all the time. It's, it's a valid thing to 
um, to think about. And, you know, because it's, oh, my God, we're going to see our candidates and, you know, um, we're going to make a decision based on, you know, superficial things such as, you know, ethnicity and gender and various different things. But, mm. you know, the, the truth is whatever type of interview you do, whether it's telephone, video or face-to-face, unconscious bias is going to have an impact on that. That's just the truth. And obviously mm. there's things you can do to reduce the impact. You can give your staff uh, bias training, you know, make them aware of their own unco- unconscious bias. Um, you can put in a sensible assessment kind of scoring matrix in advance so you know you, you know what you, what a good answer would look like before you mm-hmm. watch the watch the video but the, the reality is our clients actually report back that it improves diversity and i right. think um the main reason um is every candidate has exactly the same experience mm-hmm. so if you think about a telephone interview or a face-to-face interview even if you've planned it and structured and you've got quite a structured interview Um, ahead every candidate is still going to be treated slightly differently Mm. you know some candidates you are just going to warm to them more than others and that might be because they're like you and so you know and there might be other candidates from I don't know a culture that you don't understand or something where you know you're just not going to connect with them quite in the same way you know and and there's also can be an issue with uh, interactive interviews where you know, candidates that you like are kind of led to the right answer. Right. You know, you've got yeah. to help them along a little bit. Um, and so with the video interview, the technology makes sure that every candidate has exactly the same experience. I suppose it's also like an extra level of accountability because you could go back and see how, what, you know, um, the, the video of somebody and yeah. how they assessed it and then you could, could check on that. Whereas if you're yeah. in a face-to-face or a telephone mm. interview that's not recorded, mm. that conversation, once it's ended, it's... It doesn't exist anymore. You're just reliant on the notes. And we've actually had a couple of clients, but one in particular where they were actually audited for their recruitment process because there oh, was right. accusations of discrimination. They're a public sector client that, you know, constantly having these um, um, challenges. Mm-hmm. And so they were actually audited. And the auditor actually said, well, no, because there is this audit trail, because there is a recording. Right. And, um, you know, actually, you know, it completely over overthrew that. So it actually gives you a kind of a security net in, in one sense, if mm. you, you know, if you ever did get any accusations or what have you, it'd help mm. you to be able to stand that and improve your process if there was a problem. Yeah, you know, and you're still going to need a human being to assess the recording, and you know, and the bias will will creep in just as it will with any other type of interview. Um, but you know, as I said, if if you've agreed, you know, why are we asking this question? What would be a good answer? What would be a bad answer? And if people are scoring based on that, then hopefully their bias will have less less of an impact. Um, so this has been, I guess, quite a recent development in the market. You say like, maybe technology has helped fast forward this, that it's now everyone's able to do it and are able to do it very well. Um, where do you see, obviously this, this is a big innovation in the last 10 years, where do you see it going from here? Is this the start of uh, other innovation or is you know, what, what do you see the, the, the process being like in the future? Yeah, it's interesting. I think there's different ways it, it could go. Um, one thing where we're seeing clients doing some really interesting stuff is making it more interactive. Right. So, for example, you know, you're expecting your candidate to record themselves to the webcam. Well, well, why don't you do that? Why don't you actually pose the interview questions yourselves in a video clip? Yeah. Actually, why, why do you get different people from the business to pose different questions? You know, why not get the hiring manager to say hi, you know, and, you know, because 
as well as assessing the candidate, you know, you've got an opportunity to continue marketing the opportunity to them as well. Mm-hmm. You know, I think if they can, you know, get different graduates, you know, current graduates, current interns, um, you know, to pose different questions and maybe give them a little bit of insight. You know, so some companies are doing some really interesting things with that, you know, getting people in their place of work. So one of our telecoms clients is, um, you know, going to get their engineers up a telegraph pole to record, you know, to record a question. Yeah, right. Um, so, yeah. so it goes more two-way, I guess. It's not yeah. just you talking to the video as a candidate mm. and feeling maybe a little bit like, well, I didn't get any feedback from that. I don't know mm. how yeah. it performed. Yeah. And getting the candidate more excited about the opportunity, they're going to see this as, okay, this isn't just about, you know, trying to, you know, they can't be bothered to talk to me, actually. They're, they're giving me all this useful information here. Yeah. What well, if you take that a bit further in that, because obviously if you, if you do record those, they can't necessarily be part of a conversation, but it will make them feel more like they are. Mm. Could you be able to pick up certain things they say and maybe extend that and say, maybe add a, oh, Ooh, so t- tell good. us a bit more about that. Okay. So some kind of like AI, AI listening to what they're saying, get Siri involved or. Yeah, potentially if they are a given answer and yeah, it's yeah. not good enough. I'm making this up as we go along, but yeah. that could be a good way to make it into a more of a conversation. Yeah, and I think, you know, as the technology gets better, stuff like that could definitely be developed, you know. I mean, there is, there's some really interesting uses of AI in, in HR, um, and it is being used in video interviewing. Um, so, All sorts of things. Yeah, so, I mean, some of our competitors are offering, you know, automatic facial expression analysis, voice pattern analysis, you know, and, and we've looked at the solutions that we could plug in as well or, or develop ourselves and I think it's a little bit early days yet you know so, so accuracy. what would we do say, say with facial recognition whether mm. somebody's telling the truth or not would, that, would we be able to tell that type of thing that's, that's the theory yeah right. so I, I think what companies are hoping to achieve with this is that they can look at um, their existing employees and say right these are the good ones these are the ones that perform we want more people like that mm-hmm. so let's um, look for people with the same facial expressions and the same voice pattern um, which I, I have to admit personally I think that's a little bit strange um, because we're wanting you know companies are wanting to recruit a diverse yeah, range of people rather than carbon copies mm-hmm. um, but you know the technology is in its infancy um, so it's, it's, it's not very predictive and accurate yet I think and I think candidates as well um, might find it a little bit strange as well <laughs> yeah being known that their facial recognition is being yeah it's like those have you, have you seen have you seen uh, yeah have you seen <laughs> the facial recognition technology they've got going on in china where they use it to catch criminals and stuff this and, is uh, one of your great anecdotes yeah, this, is, yeah, this, is really, this is really interesting <laughs> we have to <laughs> but this one was um yeah so there was a guy who was he was wanted by the police and he was uh he went to go and watch a football game he was in a stadium of sixty thousand people and they found right. him in two minutes Wow. They actually scanned everyone's faces and found him. And then they matched them against the database people wanted and then came in. Well, they must have some pretty, yeah. They must yeah. have some serious techs. I know, I mean, Apple um, have got this facial recognition to unlock your phone now, but they had a massive problem in um, China because it wasn't really distinguishing between people. Mm. Um, so people were finding that they could unlock phones that they shouldn't be able to unlock. Uh, but it's interesting. I think, you know, there is a challenge if, if you're going to be trying to automatically analyse things you know are, are you going to um you know mitigate for different cultures uh, you know if you're looking at people's facial expressions what about people with disabilities um, right, you yeah know, in in some cultures that's going to be a concern for you know, lots of lots mm, of employers yeah. yeah 
I know there, there's interesting research, um, MIT, where they were looking at this and they found that facial expression was quite accurate for white males. Um, but when um, trying to automatically analyse um, females and other um, or ethnic minorities, it was less accurate. Right. So I think, you know, there's, there's some diversity challenges um, mm. there. It's all, oh, it's all going the right way, isn't it? I think everyone's trying to improve the tech and uh, obviously make it better. But. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, are there any questions that we haven't asked you so far that we should have asked you? Yeah, Jack's favourite question, this one. Yeah, <laughs> comes every time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess, I mean, if there's anyone um, out there that's thinking about using video interviews or perhaps is already doing it and just wanting to continually improve, you know, this is one thing that we're always really keen to do is, you know, impart our, our knowledge and, and insight, you know, because we, we've been going for 12 years now. So, we've seen how clients can do it well how clients can do it badly and you know everything in between you've got um, an ebook right that could be useful to people yeah so. definitely yeah so on our website on the knowledge hub we've got all sorts of different things there's various different ebooks and um, downloads um, whether you're trying to decide you know what difference is this going to make or how, how can I do this better um, but you know some of the advice you know it's none of it's rocket science and it's all simple but candidate communication and keeping candidates informed is probably the number one thing yeah. to get right you know if your candidates understand what's happening what's going to happen next why it's happening they're going to be much more engaged um, you know use video content yourselves so when candidates log in make sure there's actually a welcome video and not just your corporate video but actually one that welcomes them to the video interview right, okay. Um, and then also have video questions. And, you know, as, as I mentioned earlier, you can have different people posing those questions. And it can be more than just a question. It can be giving them some information and some insight. It could even be a quick tour of the canteen. Yeah. You know, there's different interesting things you could do. <laughs> so in, in terms of a summary, uh, in terms of video interviews, what you've got a, a great analogy you can share with everyone. Oh, this would be the tweets. The, the tweets? Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah, so... Um, we quite often get candidates tweeting about their video interview afterwards. Okay. Um, and so we were tagged in a tweet and someone saying, I've you know, completed my video interview for uh, this client's graduate scheme, you know, and we, we replied back saying, oh, cool, you know, good luck. Mm -hmm. How did you find it? And he replied um, and he said, um, yeah, it was great. It was um, weird at first, but lovely at the end, just like eating a new chocolate bar. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. Okay. okay. Yeah. So there you have it. <laughs> thank, right you. Way. <laughs> thank you very much for coming along we've really enjoyed um, having you here and um, I've certainly learned lots of new things about video interviewing how it can be used how uh, maybe it doesn't quite work so well but mm -hmm. overall and the positive effect that it could have on on an early recruitment campaign so if anyone would like to find out more about Sonru please visit sonru.com I've been Jack uh, and I've been Ollie and I've been Adam thanks guys <laughs> I say thanks for coming and we'll see you all uh, next, the next time. Next time. For all things early career recruitment, the strategies to help you succeed will help you work with Generation Z with all the information that you'll need. It's the Jack and Ollie Show.